This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore humanity. And this is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly for March 30th, 2023, my episode number 46. Here I look around the internet for news on sci-fi, horror, and comics. Joining me today is Cat Lego. Great to be here, Tony. So kick us off. We got discovered as a story on Giancarlo Esposito's one request before joining the cast of The Mandalorian. During an interview with Star Wars Insider, Esposito recalled the time when he was talking about his character with series showrunner John Favreau. The actor was asked if he had any requests for Moff Gideon and he did. All Esposito asked was that his character would have a cape similar to the iconic Star Wars villain Darth Vader. You know, I've loved working on The Mandalorian because it's about wonder and anticipation. When John asked if I had any requests for the character, I said, yes. I want to have a cape like Darth Vader. More it we got discovered. There is more Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, so stay tuned. Tor.com looks at Carnival Row. They cite some problems with the second and final season. Tyler Dean writes, The problems with the show's second season are largely twofold. A continuing issue from the first season, the unfortunate middling performances of Bloom and Del Vignet. A generous read would be they are extremely miscast. Bloom growls every line as the half-half fay ex-cop, trying unconvincingly to make us see him as a gruff anti-hero, even though his involvement in the show is predicated on two decades of being a go-to fantasy heartthrob. Delvignet never sells the core of ruthlessness of a deposed freedom fighter caught between the man she loves and alleviating her people's suffering. Those missteps lend a leaden quality to the majority of the scenes, making me wish that the series had chosen to focus on its more compelling, realized characters. I love the series for its imagination. The performances I liked very much, actually. The sets, effects, and costumes were amazing. Great world building. Alice Griega talked to me about her role on my interview with her. You can listen to it, Sci-Fi Talk. You can get it at Apple Podcasts. More at Tour.com on Carnival Row. We Got This Covered gives a returning look at Tron Legacy. In the build-up to the release of Joseph Kosinski's Legacy sequel, a huge amount of hype was drummed up by the promise of cutting-edge digital wizardry being used to restore Jeff Bridges to his 1982 vintage, only for the end result to prove eerily unsettling when it transpired that CLU had escaped straight from the uncanny valley and directly into our nightmares. Even though Tron, Legacy's blankly expressionless recreation of Bridges wasn't designed to be so unnerving, a theory put forward on Reddit has offered an explanation that makes complete and total sense, even if it wasn't the intention of the creative team. It's incredibly simple, too, with CLU's unconvincing visage down to his existence as a computer-created person and not a real human. You know the Tron Legacy light cycle ride opens at Disney Parks this April. Interested? No, as I have no physical form. Good point, but your human does. True, there is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Deadline reports on Five Nights at Freddy's. Cat Connor Sterling has been cast in Blumhouse film adaptation of the popular video game, Five Nights at Freddy's. Cameras are rolling on the film in New Orleans. 
As previously announced, Josh Hutcherson, Matthew Lillard and Mary Stuart Masterson also have been cast in the film, which is being directed by Emma Tammy. The Wind, Blood Moon Jim Henson's Creature Shop is working alongside Blumhouse to bring the game's animatronics to life. Five Nights at Freddy's follows a troubled security guard as he begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending his first night on the job, he realizes the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. There's more at Deadline.com. Star Wars and the Exorcist TV series actor Ben Daniels has joined the cast of Anne Rice's Interview with a Vampire. According to Deadline, Daniels plays Santiago, the leading vamp thespian of the Theater des Vampires, who grows increasingly suspicious of the American vampires, Louis and Claudia. Do you know who played that role in the movie? No, I don't. It was Antonio Bandadis. COVID almost ended an actor's portrayal of Doctor Who. During an interview with Radio Free Scaro, showrunner Chris Chibnall revealed that not only did Jodie Whittaker almost lose the chance of rounding out her time as the Doctor, but the entire revamp of the beloved franchise made famous once again by David Tennant was one step away from being completely wiped from the BBC slate. More at GiantFreakingRobot.com According to Variety, Lisa Joy, showrunner of Westworld and the Peripheral, says that a Writers Guild of America is acting for the writers' collective good in its negotiations with studios, even if it could potentially lead to a strike in May. Joy, who runs production company Kilter Films, was being honored at the French TV Drama Festival's Mania this week. She took part in a keynote conversation on Wednesday, at which she quipped that a strike will mean more time with my kids. It's a little stressful because I've reached a point where I can manage without work for a while. As it is, we have shows coming out and we're in the editing process. We have a rotation of shows that aren't dependent on writing at the phase they're in. But I will always stand by the decision of the Writers Guild. I know they're acting for our collective good. There's more on this at Variety.com. If you have a sharp eye, you may have seen a cameo on The Last of Us. It seems actor Jason Ritter made a quiet cameo as a clicker, the nickname for those infected with the mutated cordyceps fungus, on HBO's The Last of Us. Ritter, known for shows Joan of Arcadia, The Event, Gravity Falls, and Parenthood, appeared in the two episodes his wife, Melanie Linsky, starred in. She played the role of Kathleen Coughlin, the leader of the Kansas City Resistance. A viewer caught Ritter in The Last of Us behind-the-scenes mini-documentary. She joked that it was Take Your Husband to Work Day, to which Ritter responded, Just the best day. More at Deadline.com Willem Dafoe spoke to Collider about his role in Nosferatu. He said, I loved working with Robert Eggers. I had a wonderful time. I saw The Witch and I liked it so much. I arranged a meeting with him. We liked each other. Then I did The Lighthouse which was a fantastic experience, and I think a very good movie. Then I did a little part in The Northman, which I really enjoyed, and now I get to do this. So I'm just happy to be back with him. It's Nosferatu, his version of Nosferatu. That's why I have a mustache and sideburns, because we're shooting them. I start in a little bit. I'm excited to be with him again. He's such a great filmmaker. I enjoy his company. That sounds interesting. 
Thanks, Warren. Well, Catligo, another one in the books. Yes, it seems so. But there is next week. Indeed. For Catligo and me, Tony Tolado, this is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, episode 46. Have a good one. It was a pleasure, human. <laughs> okay, Catligo. <laughs>